This is Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast where we take a look under the hood of the policies and politics that drive our nation and the auto industry. I'm your host, Donna Rudy, coming to you from Washington, D.C. The United States will hold its midterm elections on November 8th, poised to be a historical and uncertain election with the Democrats' razor-thin majority in Congress. Today on the show, we're going under the hood on both sides of the political aisle. Toyota lobbying consultants Ralph Hellman and Mary Beth Stanton both bring years of experience having worked with Republican and Democratic leadership on Capitol Hill. Welcome back, guys. Our last podcast together was 2021, family feud on the battles within the political parties. I mean, not much has changed on that front, but it's great to have the dynamic duo back again. Thanks for having me again. It's great to be here. The 2022 midterm elections are less than a month away. Midterms are called midterms because they come in the middle of a president's term and are said to shape the second half of the presidency and ultimately the country. Ralph, can you please explain why these midterms are so important and what do they mean for President Biden? President Biden is running against the tide of history. On average, when a new president gets elected, his party or the party in power loses an average of 28 seats in the House and four seats in the Senate. You only have a five-seat margin in the House and a 50-50 margin in the Senate. So that doesn't bode well. But then, you know, it's going to hurt his agenda moving forward. But at the same time, it could actually help him get reelected in 2024. So historically, the party of the sitting president loses seats in Congress during midterms, especially if the president isn't popular. Mary Beth, how do you think voters feel about President Biden? And about the economy right now. Throughout the first half of his presidency, Biden has not had the greatest approval rating from the American people. A large part of the reason is the economy and inflation. As we all know, inflation has a 40-year high and supply chain issues are not making the situation more manageable. While gas prices have been lowering for the past couple of months, it doesn't help that prices at the grocery store and interest rates are high. The economy is the number one issues voters on both sides care about this election. So most voters blame the president for how it's going. So, Ralph, we know that all 435 seats in the House are up for grabs in November. And with Democrats holding such a slim majority, what are the key swing states for us to keep an eye on? There are some key states where Republicans could pick up as many as three to five seats each. uh, Florida. Texas, perhaps Pennsylvania, maybe one or two more in Arizona, Virginia, Nevada, and even Oregon, which is hard to believe. I think Republicans just look at this as a very, very target-rich environment. Do you think the Republicans will take back control? I do. I I think they're more likely to win 15 to 25 seats and have a slim majority rather than the more rosy 40 to 60 uh, seat pickup that a lot of people were talking about back in the spring. But I think the majority is well within reach. Remember, (laughs) they're just five seats away. Mary Beth, what will it take for the Democrats to retain control? Conventional wisdom is a pretty tough thing to be up against. Um, This is a tough battle to retain control of the House. They would have to win 26 of 31 toss-up races compared to the only six races that the Republicans need to win to take control of the House. Their messaging, fundraising, get out the vote has to be nearly perfect, if not immaculate, for the next few weeks. And how about the Senate? The net loss of even one seat in the 50-50 Senate would flip it to Republican control, correct? Which races are key for Democrats to keep the Senate? Well, the map 
kind of favors Democrats in a way. Um, more Republicans are defending their seats. You know, some of the states that Ralph has mentioned, hey, have hotly contested races. So it's really about defending in Nevada, New Hampshire, Georgia. And then I think we have to go on the offense uh, with Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. So in our last conversation with you all in 2018, the Senate actually did defeat conventional wisdom and the Republicans gained three seats. This is certainly an opportunity for Democrats to defeat conventional wisdom and potentially gain two seats. But again, they have to defend those other seats. Ralph, midterm elections are a lot about voter turnout. What do you think Republicans want voters to focus on that will give them the chance to win? Actually, I think voter turnout is going to be high on both sides. But for Republicans, it's high inflation, especially gas prices and groceries, an unsteady economy, rising crime, a border that seems porous, kids uh, in schools that gotten behind because of COVID. I think those are issues that are going to motivate Republicans to turn out. But again, I think Democrat votes are, have every reason to turn out as well. And Mary Beth, how about you? What do you think Democrats will want voters to focus on to drive voter turnout? They have a message. Um, Democrats are getting things done in Washington. Um, there's been recent policy wins on infrastructure, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, bipartisan gun bill, including chips as well. So they're going to want to take a victory lap on what they've done. And then, of course, they want to have women in particular, but also pro-choice voters out at the polls in record numbers. We're seeing inflation as a top issue for voters, no doubt. Ralph, how much responsibility do you think President Biden has on inflation? And has the Inflation Reduction Act actually helped change voters' views? He's president, so he's going to take the brunt of the uh, responsibility. Sure, the war in Ukraine and coming out of the pandemic has caused supply disruptions, especially increased gas prices, but rising inflation started well before the war, and the massive increases in COVID and other spending have helped fuel that uh, inflation. And it didn't hurt today that OPEC and Russia actions are talking about curtailing oil production even more, which is going to keep gas prices high up until Election Day. What's the view on the Democrat side? Ralph brings up a good point. You know, the president's going to own inflation um, and you can explain to the American people and the voter that, you know, he inherited an economy that was in shambles during the pandemic. And generally, the spending is what propped the economy up during that time. Unfortunately, we're on what feels to be the other side of the pandemic and the inflation is what it is, as they say. You know, I think the Inflation Reduction Act has great aspects to it. Unfortunately, none of the gains are really going to be realized before the election. So prescription drug negotiation, caps on insulin for seniors, uh, rebate programs for clean energy. Um, none of this is going to be rolled out before the election. And therefore, I do think that Ralph's right. The president is really going to own the economic message on this. What are some of the other issues that you think will matter most for voters in November? Abortion, health care, to an extent, climate change, gun control, racism and inequality in general are all messages that resonate with the Democratic voter. Ralph, if the Republicans win back majorities in the House, Senate or both, what does that mean for President Biden? I think if the Democrats lose the majority in the House and perhaps the Senate, Biden's ability to get his agenda done in the next two years is going to be severely curtailed. He's going to be on the defensive on a lot of issues, IRS, crime, 
energy, taxes, the border. I mean, you name it. But this could breathe more life into Biden's chances in 2024. He would now get to run against a potential kind of right-wing Congress or whatever you want to say where they go to excess. Think about from a history perspective. Bill Clinton lost um, the majority in 1994, but then he get to run against a Republican Congress and he overwhelmingly got reelected in 1996. Same thing with Obama. He lost the majority just two years later in 2010, but then he went on to win big in 2012. So they both had a Republican majority in Congress to beat up on. So this could help Biden in the end. Mary Beth, a few months ago, it looked like the momentum was on the side of the Republicans, but with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act and some other legislative victories, has the landscape shifted? I think we're both agreeing on that point. You know, the last time Ralph and I sat with you, Donna, it was called Family Feud. And we were talking about Democrats being in disarray and the progressives versus the moderates and unable to really get a signature legislative accomplishment signed into law. Well, that's changed. Um, Democrats are in array. Uh, They're organized. They've done things for the American people, and they feel like they can run on that as opposed to what's always been uh, running against President Trump. They actually have a message that they believe will turn out voters and get them to the polls. Ralph, what impact do you see the House January 6th committee hearings having on voters in the upcoming elections? I think very little. Uh, This was mostly a Washington circus that just kind of reinforced what Democratic voters already thought and knew about Trump. But the bad guys have been prosecuted. They're going to serve jail time and the country's electoral process seems safe. In the end, I don't think these hearings come close to the importance to voters who are worried about inflation, the economy, crime, education or the border. Well, I can't believe we're at our final question for both of you. But looking beyond the midterms, will former President Trump be on the 2024 ballot? And do you think voters want a rematch between him and President Biden? I think that's a big unanswered question. Clearly, Trump wants to be in the middle of the action. He just can't help himself. And I think even the Mar-a-Lago raid puts him right in the middle, which is exactly where he wants to be. And his endorsements of key Senate races is considered important. But he's going to be 78 years old in 2024. But he might be just as satisfied being the king maker instead of being the king. And I think time will tell on that one. Mary Beth? It's a good question. I have to be careful how I answer this, given that we make our professional lives in Washington, D.C. I I think it's highly likely that the president runs again. I know that polling shows that 50 percent of Democrats would prefer a different option on the ballot. However, I think it's been since Lyndon Bain Johnson is the only person who hasn't run for reelection. So I think it's a, a foregone conclusion that he runs. I will say that for many millennials and uh, Gen Z, Gen X, you know, for the time that we could vote for president, there's been an Obama, a Clinton or a Biden on the ballot by the time we got to vote in November. I think a lot of us would hope for a change. But again, I think if you've been running for the office of the president since 1988, you've likely are going to take your opportunity and run again. Well, Mary Beth, Ralph, as always, your expert political insight is just so eye-opening, gives us a lot to think about. And one thing we know for sure, we are in for an exciting ride come November 8th. Thanks so much for being with us today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all for now, Policy Drivers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Toyota Policy to get caught up on the latest news on the Hill and to keep the conversation going. See you on our next episode of Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast.